Well, it's all on the line tonight. This is make or break Jim Cornette day, and I've got the biggest, baddest, most legendary assemblage of wrestling talent ever put together under one roof, the Funk Brothers and Bruiser Bedlam. And I guarantee you, there ain't a coward around here, and I ain't going to wave no flag, Dory. No way. No way, Mr. Cornette. You're not going to wave, wave the flag. And I want to say this. This is one of the most important wrestling matches to take place in not only the United States of America this year. This is important all over the world. There are people from Japan, from around the world, watching for this six-man tag team match to see what happens. I take it very serious. There's a fellow on the other side that I don't care for, and I think you know that's Bullet Barb Armstrong. I wrestled him a long time ago. And I, I really don't care for his partners either, but this is an important one, and we're going to go for the win. We're not going to waste it. That's exactly right. And Terry Funk, I know that you're not going to want to quit. No way, no way. You're not going to ask me to wave that flag, are you, Terry? Cornet, Cornet, back up a moment. moment. That is the damnedest outfit that I have ever witnessed in my entire life. And you have dressed for the occasion. That's right. Because you have an admiral's or a general's outfit, and that's what we need. Because what is necessary, we are going to the ring. It's his discretion whether the white flag of surrender should be waved. What I say is throw the flags away. Let's go get them. Let's go, guys. Let's put our hands together and let's get out. Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I don't care about nobody and I ain't going to wave no flag. Let's go get them, boys. You know, we've walked, we've talked, and the BS has been flying. Well, it's all over and it's time to get down to business and get the job done. You might say, where's Ron Wright, the man that waves the cowards and waves the flag match? He's so mean, he won't even talk to the three of us. But we are ready for you, Jim Cornette, and your outhouse union. You've surrounded yourself with human excrement. Now let's see if you can dig your way out tonight. Jim Cornette, like we said before, your union is busted. we got a guy right here that darn near killed you in the scaffold match. It's too wet to plow and it's too windy to haul rocks. So we can't get along and we're going to get it on. There's no cowards right here. We're coming to fight. Cornette, Bruiser Bedlam and the Funks, you're going down and that's the bottom line. What about it, Union well, Buster? Well, goodness gracious, mercy my. We're just about to enter the ring, which is good for us and bad for Funks and bad for Bedlam and bad for Cornette. The simple difference is they care. We don't. You care about mom. You care about dad. You care about Aunt Eileen if you got one. You care about your hamsters. I had hamsters. Used to feed them to my bow constrictor just for kicks before I'd sit down and beat someone else up. You know what, Cornet? You little crankbait. You get my face. And I'm gonna slap the sequence of that stinking suit you're wearing, fuck! North-South Connection, welcome to this special episode of Territorial. I am one of your hosts, Sean Kidd, and tonight... I am going to be flying solo um, as we weren't planning to actually record this episode, but um, as of this recording, uh, this past Wednesday, uh, Terry Funk passed away and 
I wanted to do something, you know, not kind of come on and do a tribute or anything like that, but Terry Funk has had such an impact on so many lives and um, was probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And, you know, kind of take you on my personal journey of Terry Funk. Um, 86 Funk um, is probably when I first saw him when his brother was in with him in the WWF. He was feeding with the Junkyard Dog. Um, he had some matches with Hogan. Um, I do actually have a territory plotted out uh, long-term uh, for a feud that, uh, you know, a feud that was mapped out uh, with him and his brother um, long-term, but that won't be happening as of right now. But tonight, um, I thought it would be good to kind of you know, everybody knows Terry Funk, you know, ECW in the, in the late 90s. Japan, uh, the, the feud with Flair is really the one that sticks out for me more than any of them. Um, that's real. the real, like, funk for me really came out and how great that feud was. Um, and that, again, will probably be a probably a episode or two or three that we do on this pod at some point. Um, but it, I wanted to do something that's kind of out of the norm. Find a feud that maybe not many people know about or maybe not many people have seen. Um, and I was researching a promotion for a future episode that we will be doing, me and Schiff, uh, for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And Smoky Mountain Wrestling is one of those, I just haven't watched a lot of Smoky Mountain. It wasn't available to me when I was, you know, it wasn't available where I lived. And so it's been really cool. We found this site on YouTube that has a whole lot of Smoky Mountain in it. And as I've been researching feuds, there's so many in there. Smoky Mountain, uh, for me, it's like you go back and you look at some of the stuff they're doing. It's really mid-Atlantic kind of booking. Uh, Jim Cornette, obviously, is a big part of that. Sandy Scott's a big part of that. So it makes sense that it's a very mid-Atlantic type of feel. But a lot of good feuds with some really, really great talent who, you know, it's it's almost shocking how much talent they got. You know, like Paul Orndorff, Ron Garvin. They got Buddy Landell, you know, the Rock and Roll Express, the Heavenly Bodies. Brian Lee came from there. Kane came from there. So much talent just came from there. But one feud that really, really stood out, and this is like a long-form feud, was uh, Bob Armstrong, who was a commissioner. And him and Jim Cornette had a multi-year feud, almost up to the point of where it started in, I believe, like May of 1993, and really went all the way through to the end of Smoky Mountain coming to an end in November of 95. Uh, but really good television. And I've been hooked on it. Uh, but I did not seek out this feud initially. But when Funk passed away, I'm like, you know, let's do something different. And so I'm going to talk about part of the Cornette and Bob Armstrong feud that ran from 93 to 95. But what I'm going to cover is Terry Funk's participation in this feud and one of the things that Cornette did was they would build up to this match or moment and Bob Armstrong would have to get in the match and he would end up facing some kind of legend and we'll talk about the history of that as we go through this but Terry Funk was one of the first ones that did it um, so basically like I said Cornette and Commissioner Armstrong have been in a big feud since May coming out of Rage in the Cage 93 when Cornette and a group of heels including Kevin Sullivan the Heavenly Bodies uh, Killer Kyle and Taz um, even beat up Armstrong after a match and he sent him to the hospital when he was the ref of the match they were in. It was a really great angle in itself and it was a really good beat, great beatdown. And there's a recap that can be found on the May 15th, 1993 episode of Smoky Mountain. And then Cornette's um, after interview is insanely intense and good. Um, and it's definitely a feud uh, long-term. Maybe Schiff and I could cover long form 
and one of the longest and greatest of Smoky Mountain, like I brought up. So basically, this leads to Armstrong's son coming into feud with the Heavenly Bodies. And then, we'll, so we're going to fast forward to July twenty fourth, nineteen ninety three episode um, of Smoky Mountain. It's a recap of Summer Blast, where Bob, Steve, and Scott face Cornette and the Bodies, and Jim actually got the pin on Bob. And then, so that'll fast forward to the August twentieth K Town Showdown where it's Bob versus Cornette with Big Boss Man as the ref, where Bob actually wins a lumberjack match with a pile driver. So where we're going to pick up is right after that 820, and it's a week after. We're going to pick up on August 28, 1993, uh, where it brings us to an episode of Smoky Mountain, where we have a bedridden, injured Jim Cornette, and he's laying in bed with the heavenly bodies around him, and he has all these teddy bears. The visual is fantastic. He's milking it for all it's worth. Uh, the bodies try to cheer him up and cater him. Uh, but I'm going to play the audio for you of how this plays out and what occurs during this actual bed scene right now. So take a listen. All right, let me just let me explain to you people exactly why this camera's in my house. It's the only time I'd ever let a guy like this cameraman in my personal house. The reason's real simple. You can see what Bob Armstrong did to me. He tried to mutilate me. He's a homicidal maniac. But it wasn't bad enough at the K-Town showdown, what he did to me. He immediately, the day after that match was over with, he went to the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Board of Directors and he asked for his job back as commissioner. He, after all the things that he tried to do to me and my men, after the way that, that he tried to mutilate me, after the way that he's talked about us, then he goes and he says, oh, my work is done now. I did what I said I was going to do. Now I want to be commissioner again. How can a guy like that, a pathological maniac, how can he be making decisions on me and my men? We'd be done in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and I realized, realized that, and so did Bob Armstrong. So what did I do? I called my lawyers. I had a few injunctions filed. I had a few grievances filed. I went to the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Board of Directors, and I said, this, there's no way that this guy can be allowed to be in a position of authority ever in Smoky Mountain Wrestling again and I filed those injunctions, I stopped it. They can't proceed any further. They can't make any decision on Bob Armstrong as long as I've got things held up. So then I said to Bob Armstrong, because I still want to get him back. I'm, I'm done getting in the ring with him, that's obvious, but I still want to get even with him. So I made Bob Armstrong a little deal through my attorneys and through his attorneys. I said, if you'll take two matches, Bob Armstrong, if you will wrestle two matches that I want, then I'll drop these injunctions and we'll just see who the better man is and we'll see who the commissioner's gonna be. Now you see Bob Armstrong, he thought that he was gonna stop the heavenly bodies from going to SummerSlam, but no, no, no. They're gonna be there. They're gonna be challenging those Steiner brothers for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team title and if I have to be wheeled out of that ring in an iron lung, I'll be there too in Detroit, Michigan. And then he thought that he was going to rid the Smoky Mountain Wrestling area of Jim Cornette, ruin my dominance of professional wrestling. Well, I couldn't be further from the truth because even from my bed here, I can still orchestrate things just like Al Capone from his prison cell. So, Bob Armstrong, here's your deal. And for all the rest of you rednecks, I want you to understand this and understand this good. Bob Armstrong, the shining knight of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, everybody's hero that goes around mutilating innocent wrestling managers, is going to have to wrestle two matches. He's going to have to wrestle in, in Knoxville, Tennessee on September the 12th, and he's going to have to wrestle in Johnson City, Tennessee on September the 17th. 
The match that takes place on September the 12th is real interesting because the man that I'm bringing into Smoky Mountain Wrestling is going to face Bob Armstrong. And if Bob Armstrong wins, then he gets to be the commissioner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling again. But if my man wins, then me, Jim Cornette, I'm going to be commissioner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And believe me, things are going to be run just a little bit differently around here. And then on September 17th in Johnson City, I'm bringing another man in. And Bob Armstrong's going to wrestle him. And if Bob Armstrong loses that match, then he's got to leave Smoky Mountain Wrestling forever. But if my man loses that match, I've said that I'll leave Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Because you see, I'm just that sure. Just that sure of these two guys that I'm bringing in. Now, everybody wants to know who they are. Well, September 17th is going to be kept a secret. It's my secret weapon. Nobody's going to know. Could it be Yokozuna from the World Wrestling Federation? Could it be a, a maniac like Kevin Sullivan or Abdullah the Butcher? Could it be... Well, it, it could be anybody. And Bob Armstrong, you won't know until you step foot in Freedom Hall who it's going to be September the 17th. But all you've got to know is if you don't win that match, then you leave Smoky Mountain Wrestling. But I can't resist... <laughs> I can't resist temptation tell you about September the 12th, Knoxville, Tennessee, the Civic Coliseum. Bob Armstrong, you're going to be facing a man who is without doubt one of the wildest men ever in professional wrestling. He's a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He's a legendary name in the sport of wrestling. And he's also a homicidal maniac just like you are. Because if you want to be crazy, if you want to be insane, if you want to be murderous in your intentions, then I went out and I got the one guy in wrestling that epitomizes all those words. Terry Funk, the wild man, the madman from Amarillo, Texas. And he's going to be here in Knoxville on September the 12th. And he's going to wrestle you, Bob Armstrong, although I wouldn't use the word wrestle. I'd use the word fight and brawl and scratch and kick and gouge and do whatever he's got to do until finally Bob Armstrong is defeated right there in the Knoxville Coliseum, where he hospitalized me, right there in the Knoxville Coliseum, where he, he thinks it's his second hometown. When Terry Funk beats you, Bob Armstrong, then I'm going to be the commissioner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And like I said, things will be run just a little bit differently. You're going to end up at a grease rack in some Exxon station in Marietta, Georgia, with your sons and the Rock and Roll Express along with you. Because if I'm running Smoky Mountain Wrestling, they don't stand a chance. The Heavenly Bodies, the Bruise Brothers, and my friends would be riding high. And that's exactly what's riding on this match on September the 12th. You beat Funk, and you could be the commissioner again. But if Funk beats you, <laughs> oh, brother, am I going to have some fun. And he's going to do such a number on you that then September the 17th, you're going to be out of here. And I'm going to have my final revenge. I may be done in the ring, but believe you have it. So Jim Cornette uh, is bedridden. Uh, he's challenging um, Armstrong. And he's got Terry Funk coming in. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go straight to the Terry Funk promo. And then Bob Armstrong uh, and what he does uh, in terms of the response. So basically, here's the deal. Um, if Terry wins, uh, Cornette will become the commissioner. Also in this, uh, you're going to hear, uh, you already heard Jim Cornette bring up about someone uh, else coming in uh, five days after the match. So I'm going to let this play out for you. 
with uh, Terry Funk um, talking about this match and Bob Armstrong and his response. Knoxville, here I come. Oh, yes. And who is it? It's Terry Funk, the hanging judge. And who is the jury? Not you perverted punks, pukes, idiots, and imbeciles out there. The jury is Jim Cornette. And what are we trying? We are trying Bob Armstrong for what? For attempted murder. Yes, attempted murder. And what did he try to do? He tried to kill the professional wrestling business. He tried to kill Smoky Mountain Wrestling is what the man tried to do by putting his sons on television week after week after week when we all know that they are just a bunch of bastards looking for an easy buck with no talent. How could they have talent when their father has no talent? That's what I'm going to ask you. And what else is how can you stand out there and watch a man that is on welfare, yes, welfare already, walking around the ring on a pair of crutches representing you people from Tennessee. Well, you're not going to have to worry very long because he is not going to be commissioner again and he is not ever going to defeat me in that ring. Because why? Because he is so old. Yes, when I get him in there, I am going to pull out his hair. I mean hair. I mean hairs. I want hair there, one hair here, one hair there. <laughs> oh, yes. Armstrong, you better get ready because I am the best at what I do. Meaner than a rattlesnake, tougher than shoe leather, more dangerous than a hollow-eyed scorpion. I'm coming. I'm going to be there on the 12th. On the 12th. Do you hear me, Armstrong? Can you hear me? <laughs> Bob, I know, and I know the fans thought you were rid of him forever. Well, you know, Bob, I never wanted to be a wrestler in the first place. What I wanted to do was get back in the ring, get even with Jimmy Cornette, and that would be the gist of it. That's the end of it. That's the only reason I put on wrestling tights. Now, he played a dangerous game, and Jimmy Cornette, he lost. So he's out of it. So what does he do now? He gets me about 40 miles of bad road that I got to walk it. But I'll tell you, brother, I'm ready to walk it. What he's done is on September the 12th, he said that he'll delay his injunction and take it completely away if I wrestle to see who's the commissioner, either me yeah. or James E. Cornette. Yeah. No well, way, know, no way, Jim Cornette commissioner. But listen, no the, way. The thing about it, Bob, is he's not wrestling himself. He's not able, but he's hired a homicidal maniac like he always says I am. He's hired Terry Funk, who's the number one madman in professional wrestling that'll hurt you any way he can, and it rather than hurt you than beat you any time. 
Now, if Funk beats me, James E. Cornett will be the commissioner. And my, I pardon this expression, but if he's commissioner, wow. Smoky Mountain will go to hell in a handbag. Yeah, but I I'll agree. tell you this, just five days later, just five days later in Johnson City, he's bringing a surprise man. Who knows who it'll be? I can't find out. I've called everybody I know. Jim Cornette's keeping a big secret at Freedom Hall in Johnson City on the 17th, just five days after I have to wrestle Funk. If I beat his surprise man in Johnson City, he'll have to leave Smoky Mountain forever. Now, ain't that a good I thought? I like that. I like That's that. A real good thought. Yeah. We can color James Cornette's fat fanny gone because he'll be gone. But in the same spot, see that 40 miles of bad road, if I lose that match, I have to leave forever. And Cornette can run things the way he wants to. So within five days, I've got to wrestle Terry Funk, the madman, in Knoxville on September 12th, that Sunday afternoon. If I get by that any way, shape, or form, I've got to go right there to Johnson City and wrestle his... He, weigh, he may weigh 500 pounds, he may weigh 300. But I've got a road to hoe, brother, and I intend to hoe it because the, the winnings are worth it. If I can do it all, yeah. I'll be commissioner again. James Cornette in Johnson oh. City, I'll wave bye-bye you if I, if I beat your mystery man. So in those five days are the most important days of the bullet's life. And there you have it. The match with Armstrong and Funk is set up. What was really cool about the visual on this is the whole time Funk was talking, uh, there was a uh, cut flashing on the screen, uh, I'll see you pukes in Knoxville. And it kept flashing on and off on the screen and it had Knoxville misspelled. It had it spelled uh, like the word knock versus K-N-O-X. So really, really funny. Uh, so a really great piece of business here with Cornette and, the, um, and these two veterans. Uh, you Again, we also heard Bob mention another match where if he wins against Mystery Man five days after Funk, Cornette will be gone. But if he loses, he's gone. So he's going into this match for the commissionership. Um with uh, Funk, and he'll lose the commissioner. Um, and Cornette will become commissioner if he loses the Funk. Then, five days later, if he loses to whoever the mystery guy is, he's out of Smoky Mountain. But if he wins, Cornette's out of Smoky Mountain. So a lot to unpack here. Pretty, pretty confusing. Uh, a lot of multiple angles going on here centered around Bob Armstrong. So two veterans, Funk, Armstrong, is all set up. So we are going to go to uh, the, the September 18th episode of Smoky Mountain 1993. And we have clips from Funk um, taking on Armstrong in their match. And we joined the match in progress. Uh, we, it's clips. Obviously, we don't have the full match. I couldn't track it down anywhere. But Funk is beating on Bob outside. And you hear Cornette laughing maniacally on the house mic. In ring, Funk swings widely and Bob ducks and connects with punches of his own multiple times. Bob gets a sleeper and then multiple, multiple folks come out to interfere as match goes on. And Bob dominates Funk. Um, and again, the bodies, Heavenly Bodies are out. The Bruise Brothers are out. You heard them mention the Steiners in our last promo because Heavenly Bodies were facing the Steiners at SummerSlam. And then um, the Armstrongs are also all outside. And then Cornette gets into the ring. And from here, I'm going to play uh, what happens. And then I'm going to play the post-interview for you coming out of this match as well. Protector and jerks it off of Jim Cornette. Bob Armstrong going right back to work on Cornette, but he's got away. Here comes that branding iron. Terry Funk has it between his Here it comes. Looky here. And he catches Bob Armstrong on the back of the neck with that branding iron and drops it outside and rolls over on Bob Armstrong as the referee counts one, two, 
Did we get a three count? The winner, Terry Funk, it looks like. Let's see. Terry Funk was helped out. Well, I would have never thought it, wrestling fans, as Jim Cornette becomes the new Smoky Mountain Commissioner. Oh, Terry, Terry, I'm so grateful. Thank you, thank you. It was worth every penny of my money and every penny that Mama sent you to get this commissioner's cap for me around my head. You know, I want to tell you people from Tennessee that I am so happy. I am so thankful to the Lord that I was able to come up with that victory because Bob Armstrong, you know, he's got, he's got the brains of a jackass and he's got the speaking ability of stuttering Sam. And I'll tell you what, it's a wonderful thing to do you people in Tennessee all you moronic fools a uh, favor by defeating that imbecile and that has been and that never was Bob Armstrong and yes I am happy not only for myself not only for Jim Cornette but for you out there thank the Lord thank the Lord Oh, Terry, and let and, me say it. And thank, thank Terry Monk and thank Jim Terry Cornette. <laughs> and let me just say one more thing to you people out there. Now that I'm running things, Smoky Mountain Wrestling's going to be a little bit different. And Bob Armstrong, you're on your way back to the Jiffy Lube in Marietta, Georgia, where you and your little dysfunctional sons will be working for the rest of your lives. And Terry, I just want to ask one more question. If I ever have any more problems with anybody that try to get in my way when I'm running and Smoky Mountain Wrestling, would you be available again for the right price? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Mr. Commissioner. Yes, sir, Mr. Commissioner. Oh, yes, Mr. Commissioner. You haven't seen the last of me, and you haven't seen the last... So there you have it, the match. So Funk actually fell on top um, uh, and just basically fell on top of Armstrong in a match, and he won. Um, so Cornette is now your new commissioner. So it wasn't much of a match, as there was a lot of chicanery, but Funk was... Uh, crazy, um, just, just typical crazy selling funk. Um, I'm not going to rank it as it was more of an angle, but the match itself didn't appear to be too great. Um, I also love the post interview. So funk, uh, praise Jesus. Uh, and we also learned that we will not see the last of funk, which they tease. Hey, Cornette goes, Hey, if I ever need you again, are you available? And funk clearly says, well, yes, I am. So then we're going to move on. So that was on the 918 episode 93 of Smoky Mountain. So we are going to move on a week later to the 925 episode where they recap um, Armstrong has now lost to the mystery man who was a black ninja. And this was in Johnson City. So because he lost to this ninja, apparently there were two ninjas. Bob must leave Smoky Mountain. So in this, because he has created so much chaos, uh, Jim Cornette is also impeached as commissioner a week after he has won it by the Smoky Mountain board. So we are going to uh, fast forward now to the uh, week of 10-22-93, where the bullet debuts under the mask. And of course, we all know the bullet is Bob Armstrong. It's famous Continental. Um, he did it everywhere he went, similar to the Midnight Rider like Dusty used to do. Uh, but anyway, the bullet debuts, and of course, this sets... Uh, Cornette off. So the feud continues in various forms uh, the rest of the year, including Cornette. I told you he brought in a lot of different, um, a lot of old school people. So as we go through the rest of the year, he brings in Dick Murdoch to face um, 
the bullet, um, a match that takes us uh, into 1994, actually, and actually airs on January 8th, 1994, a match that bullet wins when Cornette's interference backfires. So, again, we are into the new year, and here we are. This match, this feud is still going, and he's still going as the bullet. Uh, we go to January 15th, a week after the Murdoch match, uh, and Cornette has a contract ready uh, to go after he's had a meeting with the board of directors on an offer made by the bullet. And I'm going to play that for you. And again, this is in January of uh, January 15th, uh, 1995. So let's give this a listen. Bob Armstrong as the commissioner, and he can name his stipulations. Dutchie not going to believe it. Here's what Cornette agreed to, fans. Watch it right here. Hi, wrestling fans. I'm Brian Matthews for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. We are standing outside the conference room where the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Board of Directors have been meeting to go over the plans that the offer the bullet has made to Jim Cornette about the commissionership of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. We're not quite sure of the details. As we said, they have been meeting in session with Jim Cornette and also the bullet. Uh, here, here we have Smoky Mountain Wrestling General Manager Sandy Scott. Mr. Scott, what's been taking place inside the conference room? Well... Uh, it doesn't look good for uh, Bob Armstrong. Uh, Cornette's really gone out on the limb. He's got uh, one of his commissioners on the, on the board, and uh, it's just... Uh, doesn't look good for Bob. Fans, we, we're still not quite sure of all the details. As we've said, the, the board of directors have been meeting in session to, to go over the offer the bullet has made. And, and we have... Uh, I love you, baby. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Cornette, about this offer the bullet has made. Hey, let me explain something to everybody right now. I am a happy guy today. And I want to take everybody back. <laughs> God, you're ugly. I want to take everybody back to when the bullet, who everybody knows is Bob Armstrong, he made a little offer a couple of weeks back. He said, Cornette, I have got all the confidence in the world now. I've beaten all your challengers. I've done all these things. Now I'm ready to go for the big one. I want to clear Bob Armstrong's name. If you will agree to put up a match where I can be... Or actually, he said Bob Armstrong could be the commissioner again, but everybody knows it's him. The Bullet wanted a match where Bob Armstrong could be commissioner again, and he'd do anything else I asked. He would go under any stipulation. He'd face any challenger. Well, you know, I sat and I thought about this for a while. You know, uh, Harry White, who is a close personal friend of mine, and my mother now, who's on the board of directors, assisted me in thinking about this little contract that I've had signed. First thing I had to do was find somebody for Bob Armstrong to wrestle. Now, I went down a list of everybody in professional wrestling, even those under contract with the WWF, of course, who are available to me, even WCW, what little they have. And I sat and I went over that list, and the only person that I could find, the one man that Bob Armstrong has never defeated in the Knoxville Civic Coliseum, never beaten for a three-count, is the turbulent Texan himself, Terry Funk. <laughs> and I called up Terry Funk, and you know, for the right price, he'll do anything, especially for a good friend like me. So Terry Funk was the man that I chose to face the bullet. But then as for stipulations, <clears throat> oh, I, I sat long and hard and I thought about this because you see, as long as I agree that if the bullet wins, then Bob Armstrong can be commissioner again, then he said everything else was open. It was a clear field. So you know what I did? I came up with a stipulation that would hurt Bob Armstrong worse than anything else. I know how much he loves Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I know how much he loves Knoxville. So the stipulation is that if he loses, if Terry Funk beats Bob Armstrong, beats the bullet, then the bullet takes that mask off and he shows his face. Not another mask on underneath, but he shows his face 
to everybody in the Coliseum, and he leaves Smoky Mountain Wrestling forever. But there's one thing that he gets to do before he does that, before he leaves Smoky Mountain Wrestling, before he rides off into the sunset forever. He gets to do one more thing. His last official act in Smoky Mountain Wrestling will be for Bob Armstrong to get down on his hands and knees in the middle of the Knoxville Civic Coliseum in front of the fans that have loved and supported him for 25 years, in front of any family members that he cares to bring, in front of his friends, in front of the other wrestlers, in front of the photographers, and the man with the camera, and everybody in the world of wrestling watching. Bob Armstrong gets to get down on his hands and stinking knees in the middle of that ring. And he gets to crawl across that ring one agonizingly humiliating step at a time. And he gets to kiss Jim Cornette's feet. <laughs> That's exactly right. Bob Armstrong, if you get beat, you not only have to leave, but you've got to humiliate yourself. You've got to degrade yourself beyond that which any mortal man has ever had to undergo in his life. You've got to crawl across that ring in the Coliseum and you've got to kiss my feet. And believe me, I ain't going to wash for a week, and I'm going to wear the oldest pair of socks that I can find. And then you tuck your tail between your legs, and you leave Smoky Mountain Wrestling forever. <laughs> I think I got the best part of the bargain. <laughs> Amazing fire promo here from Jim Cornette coming out of this. So we are all set. So basically we have a Texas death match. Terry Funk is now back in. Uh, and again, it's been a lot. This has been going on now for a while now because we're again we're just covering the parts where Terry Funk is involved. But here we have a Texas Death Match set up for uh, the Bullet's mask and also to kiss, kiss Cornette's feet. If Bullet wins, Bob Armstrong will be reinstated as commissioner. So this will take us to January 29th, 1993, which is a week after what we just talked about, where we have the final build for the match at the show. It's called Sunday Bloody Sunday. And Cornette is out for an interview, and as he sets up the match, we cut to Terry and Dory. And Dory in this looks like Jack the Ripper, Mad Hatter, uh, Oliver Twist, where he's wearing this hat and outfit. I'm not sure. It's like a beige top hat and poncho over his shirt. Um, and then after that, we will go to the bullet for his response, then Cornette. So give this a listen. All right, fans, with us here right now at ringside, Jim Cornette. Jim, let's talk about Sunday, yeah. bloody Sunday. Yeah. Uh, bloody Sunday, Sunday, bloody Sunday in Knoxville. It's going to be blood all over the place. I think a lot don't. of it's going to be yours. Man, no, don't it's, say uh, that, Bob. You know, you're a very lurid individual. You're a very vulgar person. I'm going to talk about something today that I've been waiting a long time for. It's the Texas death match between the turbulent Texan Terry Funk and the bullet, otherwise known as Bob Armstrong. It's going to take place February 13th in Knoxville, and there's a lot riding on this, and rather than me tell you all about it right now, I want you to hear some words from the master of the Texas Deathmatch, Terry Funk. You take a listen to this right now. The Funk family, the Funk brood, is coming to Knoxville. And I will wrestle Bob Armstrong in a Texas death match. Brother, oh brother, tell them the rules of a Texas death match. This is your kind of match. This is a Texas death match. Falls don't count in a Texas death match. There can be one or a hundred. There's no stopping the match for any reason. Falls can take place anywhere. 
And number one, there is no stopping the match because of blood. So if you people can't stay, stand blood, my suggestion is you don't look toward that ring because Bob Armstrong's blood will be splattered all over Knoxville. It's a Texas death match. The last man standing is the winner. And it's going to be the king of the Texas death matches, my brother, Terry Funk. Why are you going to be there, brother? It's not to interfere in any match, is it? No, no, no. I'm going to be there. Bob Armstrong remembers me from a long time ago. And I know Armstrong. And I'm going to make sure I'm going to protect Jim Cornette. I'm going to protect Jim Cornette from all of Bob Armstrong's illegitimate relatives that might be around there. Oh, yes, I am coming to Knoxville. And I know a lot about Knoxville. Yes, I do on a windy day with a wind blowing from the east. I can whiff and I can sniff and I can smell Knoxville all the way out here in the Panhandle of Texas. And what does it smell like? It smells like butt crack, Tennessee. That's right. It smells like butt crack, Tennessee. And let me tell you something. It also smells like fear. And what kind of fear does it smell like? It smells like fear. It smells like warmed over death. Oh, is it Bob? Armstrong shaking under his covers, covered up, thinking the funks are coming. <laughs> or is it Bob Armstrong standing in front of a hot fireplace? Do you understand? Warmed over death. Are you that old Armstrong? My brother and I have a date. <laughs> uh, all right, and we just heard from Terry Funk. I, I, hey, what about equal time now? What, what about, about equal e time? About You've been working time? with these politicians too long. Let me explain something right now. There is no equal time as far as Terry Funk. He's the king of the Texas Deathmatch. His father, the late great Dory Funk Sr., invented the Texas Deathmatch, and Terry Funk has had a million of them. He knows all the ins and all the outs. <laughs> and Bullet Bob Armstrong is going to... What do you want? What? Uh, what? I want to hear from the Bullet. The Bullet's oh. probably got something to say also. Who cares? You know, since I signed this contract to wrestle Terry Funk in a Texas Deathmatch, everybody's called me and said, Bullet, you made a mistake. The man's never been beaten. Well, he, although he beat Bob Armstrong and he had to leave Knoxville, he's not beat the Bullet yet. Texas Deathmatch or not, I know his daddy invented it, and I know Cornette, your evil mind, has put that last little clause in there that says, if I lose the match, the Bullet's gone, Bob Armstrong's gone, and you're going to run rampant and smoke him out in wrestling. And not only that, if I lose, I'm supposed to crawl across the ring and kiss your feet. Well, brother, I got something for you to kiss, and I ain't talking grits. I'll never do that. I'll take my last breath, like I said before, on God's green earth before I do that. So you come on down to that Civic Coliseum. I'm tired of fooling around. I've been lucky, no doubt about it. You brought in some big guns in some way. I found a way around it, and I'm still here. I'm still fighting for Bob Armstrong's spot as commissioner. But I know I'm going to run out of body parts before your mother runs out of money. So let's get it all done in one night. Let's do it in Knoxville, and let's do it once and for all. All right, fans, it's all going to come down February 13th in Knoxville.
Let me just say one thing to all these defective genetic morons out here. I know you love the Rock and Roll Express, and I know you love Bullet Bob Armstrong, and I know you love all these other people, but when I'm talking, I expect to be afforded a little respect. I expect for people to shut up and listen to what I've got to say. Bob Armstrong, I've waited for this for a long time, brother, and I'm going to make the most of it. Texas Deathmatch, February 13th, Knoxville. Bob Armstrong against Terry Funk, and everything's riding on it. He's put it all on the line. Roll the dice. Sure, if the bullet beats Terry Funk, then that means that Bob Armstrong is the commissioner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling again. I know, yeah. I know all these idiots would love that. But if the bullet loses, if Bob Armstrong loses to Terry Funk, then, brother, you've got to take that mask off, bullet, and you've got to show your face this time. And you have to leave Smoky Mountain Wrestling forever, and your last official act will be to get down on your hands and your stinking knees. Yeah, that's exactly right. And crawl across that ring and kiss my smelly, two-week-old, ain't-been-washed feet, Bob Armstrong, because I can't hurt you. I can't put you out of business. I can't injure you so bad that you won't come back because I've tried. But how do you harm a prideful man? You hit him in his pride. And all the people in Knoxville that have supported you for 25 years, all your family, all your friends, all your fans will watch you, Bob Armstrong, kiss the feet of Jim Cornette in the middle of the Knoxville Civic Coliseum February 13th. So there you have it, some classic old school promos for All Involved, and it really just hooks you right in. And even though we haven't covered every piece of this armstrong Cornette feud as we focus in on funk only in this episode, we are actually eight months now into this feud with Armstrong and Cornette, and we're actually four months removed from Funk's first run in Smoky Mountain that we talked about uh, earlier on in this episode. So we are now going to go to Sunday Bloody Sunday. It is February 13th, uh, 1994. Um, it is a Funk versus Bullet. Uh, for the t- It's a Texas death match. And the match is recapped on the February 19th Smoky Mountain, um, as I could not find it in its whole presentation. So Funk basically piles a bunch of chairs up in the ring. He slams Bob on them. And honestly, it's one of the worst slams I know a chair you could even imagine. Um, Funk goes up top and does a somersault, uh, moonsault. I think um, Bob was actually supposed to roll out of the way and Funk hit the chairs, but Funk didn't make it to the chairs and landed on bullet anyway. However, Funk gets the three for Funk's first fall. Funk then goes for a pile driver, but bullet backdrop. Again, looks like he's supposed to hit the chairs, but Funk missed them. Bullet then hits a DDT on the pile of chairs, and he gets a three count. And then both men are still down, and the ref begins his ten count. Uh, Funk tries to use a chair to get up, but collapses as Bob stands up, and Bullet wins. So the stipulation stated Armstrong would become Smoky Mountain Wrestling Commissioner if Bullet won, and that Bullet would kiss Cornette's feet if he lost. After the match, Terry and Dory Funk double-teamed the Bullet, with Cornette getting in several shots. And I'm going to play the audio of what happens post-match for you right now. I think he was at the eight, the eight mark or the nine mark. Now we're going for he's. Oh, he went for a pile driver. The bullet reversed him, sending flying over the top, right into that stack of chairs that the Funkmaster put there a few seconds ago, and now DDT'd into his own pile of chairs. If you tuned in late, this match right here falls don't count, and if. One, two, another fall for the bullet. Another fall for the bullet. The winner of the fall and the pin bullet. Both men still down. 
We can see the wear and tear on both men right now. Ten seconds. Ten seconds gone in the rest period. Both men down just like they were the fall previously to this. 20 seconds in the rest period. Ten so let's even it up now. It looks like the bullet three falls to one, but that doesn't really mean anything. I'm just keeping score for you fans at home. This match conceivably, like I said, go 20 falls, 25 falls, 30 falls. I remember a match I had one time, I went 86 falls. 86 falls, you believe that? 86 falls. I'm talking to my cameraman right here. Terry Funk, Jim Cornette telling. Terry Funk, former NWA World Champion to come to his feet. Wait a minute, he didn't make it. And we got, we got a new commissioner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Bob Armstrong will resume. Will resume the commissionership of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. With a victory here over, over Terry Funk. Terry Funk down in the corner. The bullet pressing the attack. Cornet in on a shot by the big tennis racket. And that drops the bullet. The bullet down. Now Cornet clearing out that those chairs. Another visitor in the ring now. There's Dory Funk, brother of Terry. But we got a new commissioner, but I don't know if he's going to be able, able to resume it. It looks like Funk trying to, trying to brand or trying to drive that came through the bullet's back. And another shot by Cornette. Last year about this time, people, Cornette. Hit Bob Armstrong 30 some odd times that tennis racket. Put him in the hospital. Broke his sternum several weeks before he could even walk. But right now the bullet paying the price, even though, even though Bob Armstrong is, is the new commissioner. Dory Funk now making his first appearance in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And Terry doing a number on the bullet. The winner here, of course, the bullet because Terry Funk did not quite answer the bell. They got him hooked in. Now, Mr. Armstrong! You still owe me something, Punk! He's gonna kiss my feet! Wait a minute, wait a minute, boys, wait a minute! Jim Cornette saying that the bullet is going to kiss his feet, which was a stipulation. Let's give him, wait a minute, let's give him the opportunity to do it on his own. I want you, Armstrong, to crawl over here and kiss my feet. Cornette. Come on, boy. Kiss up. Jim Cornette saying that the bullet is going to kiss his feet regardless. He's slapping him now. The cheer is going up. I can't see what's going on. We got company, and it looks like Anthony Michaels, Tracy Smothers, coming into the ring, of course, saving the bullet, the humiliation, and the embarrassment of kissing. Armstrong wins the match, but the aftermatch, obviously, uh, 
does not go well for him. And then, uh, as you heard, uh, Dory Funk Jr. actually made his surprise debut here. Um, I will tell you, and then you had Anthony Michaels and Tracy Smothers come in for the save. Uh, this match, based on what I saw, was not good. Um, uh, and after and that, the aftermatch actually eclipsed the match. So we've had two matchups between uh, both Funk and Armstrong at this point. Both were cut based on what I saw, but neither one of them really brought out anything in me in terms of thinking they were good. So the feud, again, um, will continue in many forms as we now go to, so we're going to jump from February to July, which is now 14 months in at this point, which is insane. And we are going to go to July 1st in Knoxville. So Tracy Smothers pins Bruiser Bredlam with Jim Cornette in a, uh, in a, in a match after Bedlam came off the top and hit his head on a steel chair when Smothers moved out of the way after the match. Terry and Dory Funk then come out and double-teamed Smothers until Bob Armstrong ran out with a weapon and cleared the ring. So the Funks are just randomly coming in in, in July 1st. Uh, no context, none of that, but there's like this house show loop that Smoky Mountain's doing, and the Funks show up July 1st. And again, this is 1994. I might have said the wrong year, so just in case, but this is July 1st, 1994. Again, 14 months after this Armstrong Cornette feud and the Funk show up to come in and beat up uh, Smothers until Bob Armstrong comes out. The next night in Barbersville, Kentucky, the dirty white boy defeated Bruiser Bredlam and Jim Cornette um, as they were substituting for Smoky Mountain heavyweight champion Jake Roberts, which is a whole nother story, in a handicapped steel cage match and he pinned Cornette um, with Roberts not in the building. The fans were allowed to choose white boy's opponent. They chose Cornette, but Bedlam entered the cage, make it two on one after the bout. Terry Funk Jr., uh, Terry Funk and Dory Funk Jr. helped in attacking a white boy uh, before other wrestlers made the save. So, kind of a cool concept here where your Smoky Mountain heavyweight champion, Jake Roberts, didn't show up, and God knows why he didn't show up. But they were the the crowd was allowed to pick who Dirty White Boy would face, and they wanted Cornette, which you know makes a lot of sense. But the Funk showed up here and just showed up. So then we so that was two nights in a row they showed up uh, this week in July. July 3rd, 1994, at a Marietta house show, just rarely, really random, we get the Funks taking on the Armstrongs. And I actually found tape of this match, or it's, it's on YouTube, and literally it's a handheld camera. So Cornette is very proud of himself. Um, again, as this is a house show and surprising the crowd with the Funks, he is proud of it. And he says, like, Domino's Pizza, he always delivers. He does the intros for the Funks as Terry throws chairs outside. Bob comes out with his two kids. Funk says he doesn't want to hurt the boys and just wants the old man in the ring. Um, the brothers try to hoax Armstrong into into the ring to attack him, but he isn't having any of it. Uh, Funk actually walks by, Terry actually walks by the guy filming this and calls him a piece of shit, which is amazing. Uh, there's a lot of stalling with some chops. Um uh, thrown in uh, about the 11 minute mark into the start since the intros uh, that we begin the match. Then there's some mat work when Dory is in. Dory hits some nice forearms on Scott, throws him out of the ring. Funk then throws him over the rails and chops him. The DDTs him on the hardwood. Bob starts beating on Terry in the aisles as fans clear their seats. Uh, Dory does a nice suplex to Scott to get him back in the ring. Then there's a double close on by the Funks. Terry does a neckbreaker to Scott as he calls the Funks sons of bitches. Uh, 
I'm sorry, as he calls the, um, as he calls, I'm sorry, Terry does a neckbreaker to Scott as he calls, uh, the, the Armstrong sons, sons of bitches. So not the funk sons, Armstrong sons. Then he hits a power bomb, a power, butterfly suplex by Dory. There's quick tags by funks. Um, and it's really been good. Um, Dory and Scott, uh, go back and forth in a forearm chop war. Uh, Terry actually grabs his branding iron from the outside, but Scott hits him multiple times, uh, coming into the ring. And then finally Scott tags Steve and he cleans house. Double flying shoulder tackle to both Funks and then Cornette. Bruiser Bredlam out, um, attacks Bob on the floor, and the Funks come in with the branding iron. Um, in the end, Scott and Steve Armstrong defeated Terry and Dory Funk via disqualification, um, but they beat down the faces after, especially Bob, after the bout. Starting, it started really slow, but the last 13 minutes or so was really, really great. The Funks were dominant and really great post-match beatdown. Uh, I went three and a quarter stars on this, and what's really cool to think about is uh, the Funks here in 94 – you were still three years away from Funk winning the ECW Heavyweight Championship um, at the first uh, ECW pay-per-view. So cool match, uh, cool moment in time that most people probably don't even know about or even haven't seen and really, really enjoyed it. So go out and find this. Funks versus Armstrong for Marietta House Show, uh, 7-3-94. I uh, went three and a quarter stars. That continues this Armstrong-Funk uh, feud. So we go now to July 9th, 1994, and this is... Uh, kind of the build and the end to where this uh, feud actually goes. So July 9th, 1994, Smoky Mountain. Um, again, we just talked about three days that the Funk showed up, so obviously they were preparing to come in for TV again. Bob is actually resigned as a commissioner because he wants to get uh, Jim Cornette's current crew in a six-man match. Um, and Bob has a mystery partner with his team, but he also has – so it's going to be Bob – and it's Bob and Tracy Smothers, but they have a mystery partner. So let's throw that over. We're going to do uh, throw it over to an interview for you guys to hear right now and some of the promos, how this plays out. Strong and a wild-eyed southern boy, Tracy Smothers. And, of course, Bob, you and Tracy and a mystery partner will be squaring off with the Funks and Bruiser Bedlam with Jim Cornette in their corner. And you have some stipulations for this match, right? That's exactly right. I have got stipulations. But as usual, so did Jimmy Cornette. That's you right. don't ask him for something. He's not dumb. He's just plain stupid. But he's got to have his way about things. And I did want a coward wave the flag match. But he said, I won't do that unless you do this. Well, you know, we've got a videotape of Jim Cornette. And as you say, you want something, you've got to give something in return. Right now, let's look at that VR and see what Mr. Cornette has to say. You know, I've finally, after long last, gotten exactly what I wanted. Bullet Bob Armstrong has resigned as the commissioner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Effective August the 5th, he'll no longer be the commissioner because he wants to get... Now, oh, hold on a second. Union headquarters. Well, if he's not getting the job done, fire him. His wife's pregnant. Well, fire her, too. They're obviously not doing enough overtime. All right? Yeah. Anyway, as I was about to say, Bullet Bob Armstrong wants to get back in the ring. He wants to get a hold of the union so bad, the Federation of International Thugs and Eliminators, that he's willing to sacrifice his commissionership to get back in the ring. And I have this communication, as a matter of fact, from him here on my desk that says that he wants a special match because he wants to take Tracy Smothers as his partner because we've done so many terrible things to Tracy. And he wants to have a six-man tag with Dory and Terry Funk and Bruiser Bedlam. And I said, well, wait a minute, two of them, three of us, that doesn't add up. But then they said he wants a mystery partner to be involved. So then I got started thinking, something's up Bob Armstrong's sleeve. And then I got this piece of paper here, this contract. What he wants is he wants a coward waves the flag match. The match to end all matches with Dorian Terry Funk and Bruiser Bedlam against Bob Armstrong, Tracy Smothers, and, and whoever this mysterious partner of his is. 
Well, <laughs> Bob Armstrong, I don't know who you think you are, but I'm not born yesterday, brother. You were born at last night, and you're still in the dark, as a matter of fact. Let me explain something to you. Jim Cornette has conditions on everything. Jim Cornette gets what he wants. So I put a few clauses in the contract, and the only way that I will sign it is if there's two six-man tag team matches. Because if you get the kind of match that you want, then we get the kind of match that we want too. That's the only way I'll agree to it without knowing who your partner is. So basically this, since your retirement is effective August the 5th, then that's the way that the thing's going to turn out. August the 5th, Knoxville Civic Coliseum, the Night of Legends. Can't think of a better place because you're an old fossil, Bob Armstrong. It's going to be a Coward Waves the Flag match. Bob Armstrong, Tracy Smothers, and whoever their partner is against Dorian Terry Funk and Bruiser Bedlam. You know how the match is over, Bob Armstrong? Yeah, of course you do, because you asked for it. But I'm going to remind you one more time. The match is over. Not in anything that happens in the ring. Not if somebody's leg gets broken and they give up. Not if somebody gets pinned. Not if they submit. Not if anything happens in the ring. No. The guy standing outside has to wave a white flag. That's the only way that the match can be over. I don't know who you got waving your flag, Bob Armstrong, but I don't care about my men's health. So I'm certainly not going to wave that flag because I don't want to lose. But then our match, the one that we want, the following night, August 6th, Fire on the Mountain, Johnson City, Tennessee. It's going to be a Texas death match. That's right, Armstrong. The Funk family invented them. It's simple. There's no rules. You get in there and you fight with everything you got. If somebody gets pinned, they got 30 seconds, and then they can pop right back up and you wrestle again. It could go four falls or 40. The only way to win the match is to beat your opponents down so bad that they can't continue and they wave it off. So you see, a Texas death match is right up our alley. So an interesting setup here, which... You know, again, they're doing this double booking kind of scenario. So we have the Night of Legends match, which will be on August the 5th, uh, where it would be um, a six-man with a mystery partner. But then to get that match, uh, there's also going to be a Texas Death match uh, with Cornette's crew. So it's going to be the same crew that is in the Night of Legends match, but it's going to be the next night at uh, the Fire on the Mountain uh, show that uh, Smoky Mountain does. So we're going to get two matches between the same two crews, but we don't know who the mystery man is yet. But we do now because um, following this, what you just heard from Cornette, we actually have Bob and Smothers intro, uh, Road Warrior Hawk as their partner, and Jim Cornette just goes absolutely crazy um, that he say he's going to strike if uh, he's going to go on strike, blah, 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 um, if they bring in Road Warrior Hawk. Well, they bring in Road Warrior Hawk and there is no strike. Uh, but anyway, this takes us to our match and the uh, the Coward Ways to Flag match. Um, so not only do they have uh, Road Warrior Hawk as their mystery partner, they also have Ron Wright, who's kind of like a legend in the Smoky Mountains, uh, be their flag bearer. And obviously Cornette will be the flag bearer for his team. So an interesting coward weighs the flag. Interesting uh, kind of concept. Uh, when we get to the Night of Legends show, there's actually a great recap of the build to the match uh, based on the history of Cornette and Armstrong, uh, which is really, really good. And then um, we have pre-match promos, which you actually heard at the beginning of the show that I played for you guys. Uh, those promos were actually the ones that go into the Coward Ways, the flag matches. So um, so it is the Funk Brothers and Bruiser Bedlam versus Smothers, Armstrong, and Hawk um, in a Coward Ways, the flag match here on August the 5th, 1994. There's no time limit. There's no DQs. There's no countouts. Only way to win is when the corner man weighs the flag. So Terry throws the railing in the ring with all of them, all six fighting outside. Um, and it's just a straight up 
up brawl. Terry gets crotched on the top rope and bounces up and down on it by Smothers. Funk later smashes Smothers in the head with a chair. Uh, Smothers is a legal man and gets pile-driven. My Dorian is bleeding. Uh, Terry is in with a sick pile driver of his own. Uh, there's a double pile driver for Frunks to Tracy on the concrete. Uh, back back in the ring, Terry hits a uh, neck breaker. Then you get uh, Terry with a suplex. And then Hawk Folly tags. Then there's a top rope clothesline to Dory. All six fighting in the ring. Cornette throws powder in Ron Wright's face. But then Cornette grabs the flag and ducks down. So he thinks the ref can't seize him and starts waving Wright's flag to hopefully give his team the win. Uh, however, uh, that doesn't work uh, because um, what happens is uh, basically uh, when Cornette threw the powder in the face, um, it, 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 he he starts waving the flag at uh, Wright um, because Wright comes after him and he's waving the flag for Wright to get away from him. And the ref sees Cornette waving the flag and the faces get the win automatically. Um, but anyway, so yeah, basically um, after the bout, uh, Wright's team uh, threw Cornette onto Cornette's team and the faces actually won. So that takes so the faces win. Road Warrior Hawk, Tracy Smothers, and Bob Armstrong win the wave the flag match. Uh, but they win it kind of on a fluke, which takes us to the next night, uh, Fire in the Mountain show, where it's Bruiser Bedlam, Terry Funk, and Dory Funk Jr. versus again Bob Armstrong, Word Warrior Hawk, and Tracy Smothers in a Texas death match. And all six men are brawling. Uh, Walk, Hawk basically works over Dory. Uh, Smothers is with Bedlam and Bob with Terry. Uh, Hawk basically decks Cornette on the floor and gets to the ring with Dory. Then Hawk does a clothesline to Dory to the floor. Uh, Terry spikes Smothers with a pile driver on the floor, similar to what we saw the night before. Terry and Dory beat on Smothers with strikes. Terry takes Smothers over with a vertical suplex. Tori hits a top rope headbutt on Smothers for a near fall. Dory hits a double underhook suplex on Smothers and actually gets a three count. Uh, there's a 30-second rest period, and then Smothers has 10 seconds to get up, but he does. Uh, if we fast forward uh, later into the match, uh, Terry is beating on Armstrong's leg with several strikes. Uh, Dory pins Armstrong with a spinning toe hold. Cornette jabs Armstrong with his tennis racket and gets decked by Ron Wright on the outside. Uh, Terry and Armstrong are both counted out by the referee. And then Smothers and Hawk deck the heels to the floor. The referee begins a count, and Armstrong gets up first to give his team the win. So uh, second Texas death match that Armstrong has won over the Funks. Uh, the first one was over Terry Funk. Um, you know, this match isn't great. I think it's a little bit of fun. The constant... 30-second rest periods uh, really hurt the match, and there wasn't really enough brawling or violence to keep the keep it really going. Um, it was more of a fun feel, like nostalgia. So if I go to the first match at the Night of um, Legends, um, I'd probably go three stars on that one. Um, it was pretty great. Um, it was short match on the first one, uh, but it's pretty chaotic. And Tracy was really a one-man show in it as Bob and Hawk didn't do much, uh, but that was probably for the best. And the Funks were really great on offense, but not too much out of Bruiser in that match either. Um, on the second match here, I'd probably go about a solid two stars. Um, a lot of similarities to the first one here um, that we just talked about on Night of Legends, but um, this kind of wraps up the feud. Uh, this part of the feud with the Funks being a part of it or Terry being a part of it. Um, and so the match, and then the feud continues. So the Funks done, uh, but this part of the Armstrong Cornette feud really goes until November of this year, which would make it a whole 18 months in various forms, including a match that is scheduled for Abdullah the Butcher that gets changed when Abdullah doesn't go and they bring in Bob Orton as a legend. Uh, and he gets beat three, in three matches uh, by, um, Armstrong at um, Thanksgiving Thunder shows that, and again, Armstrong wins are, but they aren't done. Um, 
a few weeks after the Orton matches in November, uh, Cornette actually turned face and had a run in with the gangsters, um, which sets it off on a totally direction that actually takes it to 429 of 1995. Um, and at that point, Bob and Cornette were working together um, and it, they both wanted to work together to get rid of the gangsters. But to close out this feud, um, which really here is in August of 1994, at least this part of the feud, um, this closes out Funk's part of that feud. And I got to say, um, and this kind of closes the proper feud. So it doesn't, it's not a great match. Funk's participation in it and it still goes for another few months. Um, but again, really cool to see Terry Funk in this. We've got a couple good matches. We've got a three-star match that ta- on the um, Night of Legends match. Um, I really did enjoy the tag team match against the uh, brothers as well. So that was really, really good. But to talk about what happens here, um, Terry Funk does come back one more time. Um, he comes back at Volunteer Slam 5, 1995, which... Um, like I said, the gangsters are running rampant on uh, Smoky Mountain and uh, Bob and Cornette are working together. And Cornette basically booked Funk to team with Armstrong to face the, the gangsters in yet another Texas death match. Um, and Cornette actually put up 50000 of his money um, and would refund the fans of Funk and Bob lost. Um, the faces did win, but five months after ending the feud that we just talked about, they went back to the well when Cornette and Funk turned on Bob, and that would be Funk's last appearance in Smoky Mountain Wrestling as a whole, and in November of 95, Smoky Mountain Wrestling closed shot for good. And I won't go into depth on this one, uh, but it's probably more of like a two-star brawl, complete with a fireball to Bob's face to keep that going. Uh, but again, that Armstrong-Cornette feud literally lasted um literally over two years. So really, really crazy. So let's talk about Funk, um, Smoky Mountain Funk and his run here in Smoky Mountain that really stretched over, like we talked about, went all the way back, all the way back to um, basically November, uh, August of 1993. Um, and, and our run ran until uh, 1994. But um, obviously, the feud went on until 95 because Funk showed up in 95 to start a feud again. Um, so let's talk about the start, middle, and the whole. And I'm going to look at this from just the Funk perspective of the time frame from when he came in to the time frame where they did the last Texas uh, six-man death match. Um, as a start, the whole Cornette-Armstrong feud in itself is pretty great. And bringing in Funk to be one of Jim's guys is awesome, especially in that bedridden promo. And after Cornette got his ass kicked by Armstrong. So the setup was really, really good. Uh, the middle... Um, didn't see all the matches, but the death match um, did not look that great. However, the Funks versus Armstrong boys um, was surprisingly better um, than I expected as all four showed up for that. Um, you can also look at the middle. The promos were good. Um, Cornette were good. Bob uh, Bob played well as well, even if the Funks weren't involved. Um, it was really, really cool to have a middle where the Funks actually came back in, uh, worked a couple house shows and worked some spots here. And then the finish, um, I like the wave, the flag concept. Um, and again, the, uh, Texas death match, but I feel, I felt like as long as this feud had been running, uh, from a funk standpoint, um, it felt a little flat, uh, kind of on the Texas death match to be the blow off match. But again, really cool to see funk in this era and see funk something different in Smoky Mountain. Would I recommend this? Um, yes, in context of watching the whole entire feud of Bob and Jim, um, some really great promos, like I said, some, you know, two really good matches. And even though I, I didn't like the first few matches with Funk based on what I saw in it, um, 
there were some pretty good stuff here at the end, um, as Funk always brings the goods on the mic as well. So uh, that is a recap of Terry Funk and Smoky Mountain. Um, and again, you know, I really went through this kind of fast and kind of did some research on this to see how it played out. But a uh, really cool moment in time. Uh, if you want to check it out, 93 through 94, Terry Funk and his brother actually showing up. Uh, it was really cool to see Terry Funk in matches in an era and in a promotion that I had never even watched before until now. And Smoky Mountain's a lot of fun, guys. If you've never watched any Smoky Mountain, I highly, highly recommend you check Smoky Mountain out. There's a whole um, YouTube on there that has all the episodes on it um, and all the special shows, Fire in the Mountain, um, Night of Legends. Uh, the, like, Smoky Mountain was really, really good. And it's a shame it didn't work out. Very mid-Atlantic type booking. Uh, very, very uh, NWA Crockett. Obviously, someone like me is going to love that because that's kind of my wheelhouse. But I would definitely check it out. Smoky Mountain has a lot of fun feuds, and there's probably – 10 of them alone um, we could talk about. And, you know, similar to like the Funks and, you know, their feud with Armstrong or even Cornette's feud with Armstrong, the Rock and Roll Express versus Heavenly Bodies uh, also um, big time feud there. So anyway, uh, that is all for uh, Smoky Mountain Funk. I hope you all enjoyed this special episode of Territorial. Um, until next time, I'll be, I am Sean Kidd and we will see you on the next episode of Territorial. Whatever it is I do, I try to think oh, about you. I have a love for you, but nothing hides. Oh, whatever it is I do, I'm always thinking of you. I hope you look at me, the patient Superficial is the open wound I caress 
the infinite light that even at night overshadows the moon and sings to you.